Welcome to the 10 for 10. Hey, Derek. Hi, Steve. How are you doing tonight, working in the role of Alex? Fine. I've never had so much pressure in my life, but fine. How are you? Not good. It's, it's been rough. I mean, we'll get into the sadness that was my fantasy football loss last weekend. I guess you two have probably had stories, too, but it gets worse. I... To take you into the Wayback Machine, when I was in graduate school, without giving away what we do for a living, Derek, I'm sure you remember the three-letter exam we all had to study for and pass so that we can do what we do now, that mm. terrible test. Yeah, I do. So way back when, I both was studying for that test, and I don't know if your school did this, but we actually had to take a comp exam at the end of the whole thing, like to encompass everything we took. It was a big deal. It was like essay format. If you failed, you didn't pass. So I was um, I was a machine studying for these things. And, you know, you're doing your internships, so you're spending like, you know, 30 hours a week at internship. You're spending 20 hours a week trying to do some sort of work. You're studying for all this. You know the story, like all this is going on. And eventually, like when I realized I was on the verge of insanity and that I needed to find something to to maybe distract myself every once in a while, I found a guilty pleasure in The Bachelor. I'm ashamed saying it out loud, but it is our reality. And it was the, for anybody who's listening and remembers The Bachelor from way back when, it was the Andrew Firestone series. And he, and I'm cheering for this, I'm cheering for the girl that winds up winning it. And I'm like, yay, this all worked out well. But then they broke up after the fact. And I was like, never again. Shocking, indeed. But I was never, I was never going to let my heart get hurt like that again. Fast forward to this past season, I have, as a way to cope with a not all that successful fantasy football season, I have started watching The Golden Bachelor. Yeah. And I was, I was cheering for this gal all the way. And then this, this, this no good 74 year old good time Charlie has his way with her. And they're down to the final two. And then the next, he, he tells her the next morning, you're the one. And then he goes off with the other gal and is Charlie good time with her. And then he tells her she's the one. And then he just decides to tell the first gal, I'm not going to be with you. I'm going to be with the second gal. And we were just two crushed human beings in a room together. And I am, I am trying to believe that this planet is capable of good right now. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> what uh I mean what did you expect when you opened your heart back up to this experience I mean it, it uh I, there's several follow-up questions I could ask here but for the sake of getting to our agenda what I'm actually most curious about what is the qualities of <laughs> these participants that you've had a favoritism for uh what is it about them that appeals to you the the one she was just like you know, I've not been very lucky in love. And, you know, she's like 65, so it's been a while. 
Um, and she's like, nobody ever picks me. And he's going through this whole series saying like how much he likes her. It's clear from the beginning. She's a, she's an odds on favorite to win this whole thing. And she's like, finally, somebody has picked me. Like I'm somebody's person. And no, good time, Charlie. He just used her and abused her and moved on. So would it would it help you at this point to just uh, get back on the train of watching the Golden Girls again? Do you think that would uh, help help relive your faith in humanity? Yes, yes, I do. Okay. Well, glad well, I can help. I feel better. Ma. Happy to help. Yeah. <laughs> I I have so many comments and reactions that I am holding back right now. <laughs> that took such an unexpected turn. Like, I just, wow. Okay. I, you were talking about schooling and how schooling sucks. That's a lesson of the day, kids. Don't go to school. And then it turned into that. Uh, I, that, wow. I just, I, I don't have anything. <laughs> Real quick. I need to say one last thing. Because both stories also have another overlap. Stupid Gary. I'm going to explain. So Stupid Gary was the bachelor in this golden bachelor phenomenon. So Stupid Gary for being a jerk. The other Stupid Gary is way back when, you know, when I'm studying for this exam. Long story short, there was um, it's a class where you had to learn all about drugs. I won't get into the specifics. And the class was on Saturdays. You sure it was class, Steve? <laughs> that was class. <laughs> but the, the three-letter exam was actually on the same day as the class. And the teacher was going to be like, oh, yeah, you guys are taking the exam. Just go take the exam and go home. The hard part was it was actually like we met every other week, so it was a six-hour every other Saturday class. So it was kind of a big thing to let us go. And stupid Gary, this, like, 65-year-old huckster, he's like, oh, the exam is just nine, eight to ten. They can be back for the last four hours. And, like, Derek, you can relate because you took it. And, Lucas, I know you've taken big exams in your life. But, like, your brain doesn't work properly after this exam. It's 200 questions of just putting square pegs into round holes. It's, the, it's just so challenging. So because of stupid Gary, I had to go fry my brain in this sense, like with a test, and then go to class. So stupid Gary times two. That's okay, Steve. I, we're about we're about to make you happier, okay? Yay! I was going to say, I've now joined Lucas and Vince. Oh, yeah. So let's talk some football now. That'll make you happy. So we're watching football on, on Sunday uh, at Casa de Steve's. Always a fun time. And we're, we're, you know, tracking the playoff runs and, you know, we're, we're into it, right? This is going to be the last week coming up here and people are starting to fall out and what needs to happen for people to make the playoffs and take a look again at some of the matchups. There it is again. The top two scorers seem to be going at it and somebody's got to lose. And it just felt to me that that had happened a lot this season in our league, that the person who scored the most points played the person who scored the second most points in the week. So basically the the second team, if they would have played anybody else that week, would have gotten a win. But no, unfortunately, they they went up against the top team that week. So I have a question for you two. How many times do you think that happened this season? Ooh. Steve? 
I'm going to go long form here for a second. I feel fully confident it is a minimum of three with the possibility of four. Derek, talk to me. What's which way are you leaning? Three or four? Do you are you in an entirely different stratosphere? Uh, no, I'm in the exact same stratosphere because I was thinking like maybe 25 percent, you know, so that would be right, yeah, in the three or four category. Um, I'm going to stick with three though. I'm going to go the lower end of it. Okay. Here's a, here's another interesting fun fact. Seven out of the ten teams were involved in matchups like that this season. Does that change your answer? There are only three teams, myself, Carly, and Steve, that were not involved in a number one, number two matchup this year. Well, that does say at a minimum it has to be four because you need four matchups to get seven, all seven in, assuming. And I think, Lucas, you said Kelly was involved twice, but that could still fall under the purview of four, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna vote we stick with four, Derek. Yeah, no, I think I've been uh mathematically eliminated kind of like my season, so it has to be I think that's before. There were five Holy matchups cow. this mm. season. Almost six. Uh out of um thirteen, 13. weeks. Yeah. Uh so quickly, Steve, what's that percentage? Five out of thirteen? Uh, 36-2. 36% of the weeks had a number one versus number two. We had it week two, Cam defeated Matt. Week three, Derek defeated Alex. Week five, Junior defeated Kelly. So that's why it fell a lot, because we had three in the first five weeks that it happened. And it didn't happen again until week 11, when Bobby beat Matt, um, that one was very close because Matt scored one-tenth of a point more than the third-place team, so that almost wasn't the case. And then again in week 12, where last week, where Kelly beat Cam. And again, this week almost was three weeks in a row, uh, but Matt rallied at the end to take second uh, points. So the Kelly-Bobby matchup this week was one versus three instead of one versus two. I mean, we get, there is like a thing, there is a you have to build a good team thing to this whole thing, obviously, because I think there were some coherent words in there, but I mean, it's luck. I mean, there's a, there's realistically a good chance that when we get to the playoffs, like there are going to be weeks where the top two teams play each other. Like it is. Oh, sure. Not trip over your own. Can't use that phrase here. It's just, yeah, it, it's just a messy path. And uh, if, as you're talking about luck, uh, one person lost two of those, which was Matt, who oh. we'll get into this later, is actually still mathematically alive in the playoff hunt. So we could have one team that unfortunately just misses the playoffs on the last week and lost two of those matchups. You flip one of those around, and he's probably in. Yeah. I just, so Matt takes the award for, for being able to complain the most about this season this year. <laughs> I can't believe there was a week I scored the most points. I had no idea. I forgot. Yeah, week week three. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> one highlight. Well, we saw a little bit of that flash. Christian Watson decided to show up this past week. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to him later. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, number two. Um, found an article uh, earlier this week where Roger Goodell, the most useless NFL entity, uh, <laughs> as voted on by his peers, um, says that the tush push uh, or the, what did they call it, Monday night or Sunday night, the love shove, I think is, is what they wanted to start <laughs> calling it now, uh, should be outlawed. I thought that was a very interesting choice of term. So uh, let's fast forward a bit. Let's say that they, in the off season, say you can't do that anymore. That's that's against the rules. Would you const- still consider Jalen Hurts? I was going to say a top five quarterback, but is he in the top top three? He's considered consensus top three with Mahomes and Allen. Is he still a top three, top five quarterback? If that that rule is if that's now outlawed, Derek. So first off, I do want to say that Chris Collinsworth just needs to know when he's a bit out of his element. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) but I think I have a little bit of a hot take here because so the Eagles are doing something that no NFL team has been able to replicate. So that tells me that either they're doing something very skillfully as a team or there is something about Jalen Hurts where he is just better at this than other people. So I think it is the latter, and that Hurts will still be an effective quarterback sneaker. It's still, I mean, obviously, with the tush push, it's uh, quite literally a, an extra boost, uh, not to be too, too cheesy mm-hmm. to carry on with that theme. But, um, but I think he, you know, is still the guy that if you're at the half-inch yard line, you want to have him with the ball uh, driving through to the goal line. So... So I don't I don't think it would affect his status that much. Okay, so I'm not sure if you were able to to watch the game on Sunday, but there was a point in time where Hertz got injured, like right before half or something. I don't know, but he was out for a few plays or something like that. And Mariota came in, and there was a fourth and one, third and one, something like that, and they did successfully do the the tush push again with Mariota in, and not Hertz. So oh, would that well. would that change your answer? No, because uh, Marcus Mariota is an Oregon Duck, and they are tough. They they know they know how to get the the extra inches there. So, uh, well played. That, that's another exception. Okay, Steve, what do you think? Um, I don't think it takes him out of the top three for me, um, because top three doesn't mean finishes top three. It just means the safest. And like Patrick Mahomes is quarterback seven, and we're going to get to that later when I talk about my team briefly. So. I don't think it moves him because he's still got his excellent wide receivers, um, Dallas, Dallas Goddard, and some good receiving running backs. Um, I think the moment of pause I had, like, and I read the article, I don't remember where, but it seemed like a brilliant response to the tush push. Like, not like when it's fourth and one at the 50 or whatever, but like when it's fourth and goal at the one yard line. Just, if you're the defensive line, pardon my language, just, just fuck it. Just jump and go. What's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to call you half, you're going to lose half the distance of goal. Well, just keep jumping, keep jumping, keep jumping, jumping until you can time it right. There is no downside. And I think what's going to happen is like, then the injuries are really going to pile up because the defense is blindsiding the offense. And so I think, so, and you're not, I know you're not asking if the tush push will go, but I think, or the love shove. Um, but <laughs> to your point, I don't think it moves, hurts out of my top three. But as a side note, I do think it gets moved because if not, I think that's the I think that's the response teams are going to start having and bodies are going to start piling up. 
All right, number three. Hey, uh, Derek, did you see any of that Lions game this weekend? Uh, I caught a little bit. Okay. Even Just if you didn't watch it, mostly. I'm sure you saw the highlight. Did you know Jamison Williams was that fast? Like, that, what was it, a double fake reverse play for his touchdown? I think he ran 20 yards in, like, 1.7 seconds or something. Like, it was, that man turned on the Jets, and nobody could catch him. Yeah, very uh, very encouraging sign for Lions fans. I, I knew he was super talented. I feel like it was always, he's got the style, um, he's got the, yeah, just the raw the raw physical ability, but you know, does he have the substance? But um, that that's lightning speed. So uh, that that does impress me a little bit, and uh, yeah, very very encouraging thing to see for Lions fans, I would think. Steve, are you back on the JMO bandwagon? <laughs> I'm definitely not talking about him as a bust anymore. He, I just can't think of any first round pick, and can you guys help me? Who's who just kind of had the similar trajectory of, like, it's not been awesome, but there have just continually been enough flashes to be like, yeah, this is kind of worth it. I Nothing comes to mind to me. Yeah. it's Me neither. All right. Um, number four, sorry, I was trying to look up an article. I saw another headline related to this, but there's an article that came out, uh, the headline, uh, Steve, the Jets are leaning towards starting Zach Wilson again. Too bad Alex is not here. I can play the role of Alex. Yay! Bobblehead prices are going up. All right. Way to hang on to those, Alex. You're going to sell high pretty soon. Uh, but Wilson was reluctant to play again. He said it would have been an injury risk, and, and he's not sure if he wants to play. Um, that struck me as, wait a second, you know, you're a professional athlete. Why in the world would, like, you're not in a contract year? Um, like, like, what, what's your reaction to that? At a baseline, like, and you may correct me on this first part, but I don't think they've got a direct quote from him that says it. What they've got is somebody saying basically what you're saying was what he said. And I think it's just about what you believe about Zach Wilson. Like, that he would say some version of that does not strike me as unusual. He does not seem like a guy who's going to go out there and gut it out. He seems like a guy who's got hurt feelings from the fans booing him and doesn't want to go out and play. And, like, yeah, I just – he didn't instill confidence in me beforehand, and he just looks like he just looks like this wimpy little dude. So to follow up on this, uh, Aaron Rodgers came out okay. on the You Know What show because that's the only show he's on these days, um, and is quoted basically saying, um, "We've got to get to the bottom of wherever this is coming from and put a stop to it privately." I think it's chicken shit at its core, and I think it has no place in a winning organization. So he's coming to the defense of Zach Wilson. Is this Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers? Is this Aaron Rodgers being a good teammate? Or is there actually probably some truth to this? There is nothing on the planet that can't offend Aaron Rodgers if we play the game <laughs> long enough. I mean, I, I ranted on this before, so very quickly. Like, he just lost me the whole, with the whole, like, 
not to talk baseball, but Milwaukee Brewer Ryan Braun was suspended for using drugs, and Aaron Rodgers got on a soapbox about how his guy was being done dirty, and he vouched for him. And then Ryan Braun got popped again, and it was like, instead of apologizing for putting people down for being skeptical, he's like, I feel so terrible for myself. This guy betrayed my confidence. Poor me. Like, just shut up. Shut up and work on some Achilles rehab and just be a below-average quarterback next year. <laughs> what do you think, Derek? Well, I'm confused. Is Aaron Rodgers the head coach, the general manager, or the owner of the New York Jets? Yes. Uh, or all <laughs> the above? Because it, it does seem like he uh, is playing a role that is usually reser- reserved for one of those three positions. And, uh, like, I'm kind of used to maybe, I don't know, the President of the United States talking about uh, stopping leaks or some kind of high government official. So it seems to me another case of him being a bit out of his element. And, uh, yeah, I think he has become his own circus at this point. So, and I do think, um, like, uh, backing Zach Wilson is just backing the wrong horse at this point. Like, uh, it's, it's over. Uh, I will say with the whole thing, the story, as someone who's part of my job is to investigate complaints, one thing I have, I have learned as a principal is that usually there is more to the story. So actually, even though I've been tough on Wilson, I think he's an atrocious quarterback. I, I would hold out the possibility that Things may have gotten taken out of context or there is more to the story. So, like, I will actually give him the benefit of the doubt. But I think the, their whole uh, quarterback situation has been such a, uh, a dumpster fire this whole year that it's just increasingly getting absurd. But it's actually kind of an exciting story light at the same time. <laughs> I think if we can learn anything from this, it's make sure to double down in the bobblehead market. That's That's a smart <laughs> move. So... Keep that up, Alex. Uh, right. Uh, we're going to kind of combine five and six here. And, Steve, you might have to walk us through this because Derek and I are kind of sad. Uh, two more teams were eliminated from playoff contention this week, and they were the two of us. So let's little, do a little uh, post-op on our teams, shall we? Who would you like to start with? You know, Lucas, you have been kind enough to let us do a lot of the talking, and certainly me with the stupid Gary diatribe. So let's let's start with you. When you look back at the season, what feels like the biggest thing that was within your control that was the miss or that went wrong on you? Um, God, I I don't know. Uh, I knew my wide receivers needed work after the draft, um, and. I just, I just wasn't happy with that. Um, Bijan did well, but not as well as I would have hoped for a first round pick. So, um, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I also took a shot with the trade earlier in the season, um, getting rid of Garrett Wilson and Najee Harris for Josh Jacobs. I think that was probably a wash. Uh, in retrospect, I, I really don't think any of the three of those players really stood out consistently for the rest of the season. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I liked my team. I still kind of had a shot. I lost to the person who scored the second most points this week. Otherwise, I was would have still been in it. Um, 
but it's hard to dig out of the early hole when you lose often early in the season. Yeah, I think it was a lot of a lot of guys. There weren't like obvious busted picks. There were just things that didn't work out well. Like who knew you grabbed the wrong B. Robinson to be your starting running back? That's still. <laughs> I got, I've got them both. <laughs> but there's a little truth to that too, right? Uh, yep. Brian Robinson is the fifth best running back, but. I think maybe I played him once or twice all season because yeah, he was just fun. so up and down. If you didn't play him on the week that he really hit, it he really didn't do well for you either. So um it was it was more of a crapshoot. There just wasn't consistency from my wide receiver position and and others. I didn't really have a clear I mean Jalen Hurts is a clear number one with the franchise, but other than that there was no clear number one where I absolutely had to play week in and week out. Yeah. Well, here's, if I just look at, because I think what you did is you really did a nice job working the waiver wire to fill out your wide receivers, but obviously that came, it took time to sort that out, but just a snapshot, like Jalen Hurts was a brilliant keeper. He's quarterback two. Well done. Ace that one. Bijan Robinson running back 12. You would think to play him. Um, I think Arthur, Smith is just whatever he is. Garrett Wilson was probably a great pick. How were you going to know? Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles, and he'll be a great pick next year. You just got snake bit on that one. Uh, Debo, there have been – he's missed two games with injury. He has had single digits in six games, and he's blown up for five games. So you never know what you're going to get with him. Najee Harris was probably a good pick in the fifth round, but he didn't – at the time, a lead back to be your fifth-round pick, like, that's solid. That's a good That's good math that didn't work. And to your credit, you here are the players that followed him. Who would you actually rather had? Jerry Judy, Aaron Jones. You probably wouldn't have wanted Jameer Gibbs. But Ramondre, Kenneth Walker, Amari Cooper, Damian Pierce. Like, there were – it wasn't – I mean, we're, we're into the broken toys territory now. Well, Kenneth Walker, I probably would have been the pick there, sure. honestly. Yeah. We also, and that's fair, but at the time, and maybe you weren't thinking this, what I was thinking is like, Pete Carroll's a fucking weirdo. Like, I wasn't going to do the Charbonnet Walker backfield. I don't know. So yeah. let's just take the safe thing. Fair. I think Chris Godwin was a good idea. Like, I don't know. I just. Oh, uh, I picked the wrong one. I, it was between yeah. him and Mike Evans, and I picked the wrong buck. So, yeah. He has a Baker Mayfield problem. Yeah. Well, don't we all? Yeah, seriously. Alexander Madison was a good idea. He was going to be the sole back in Minnesota, but it didn't work out. Good guess, gone wrong. George Pickens, high upside, should have worked, could have worked out. I don't yeah. think you get to round nine, Anthony Richardson. That's the first time I'm like, eh. And I get your logic at the time, but we're nine rounds in before there feels like an obvious, like, I'm not sure about that one, or a questionable one. I just think it's right. It was Garrett Wilson because he had Aaron Rodgers. It was Najee because yeah. he was a number one. It was a that all made sense at the time. It was Alexander Madison because he's done great filling in for Cook, and now he's the number one. It's just none of those were actually true uh, at the end of the season. And that's if any one of those were true, then I don't think we're sitting here talking about me out of the playoffs. So, no, you just need to grab one win somewhere along the way, and you were you were in the thick of it. Absolutely. Oh well. All right. So, question for you. I know there's a lot of time between now. And when we declare keepers in August, but forced to guess, is it Bijan right now? 
Maybe. Probably. Um, Let's assume Arthur Smith gets fired and they bring in an actual football coach like uh, Ben Johnson. Does it make it become an easier conversation? Maybe, but the Falcons have three running backs. Not two. They've got three. And that just killed me. It's like you've got the – they kept talking about this once-in-a-generation talent coming out of the draft, and you put two other running backs around him and slowly work him in. Like, I wasn't expecting that. So, yeah, I'm going to watch the offseason heavily. What happens with Cooper Cup? Um, you know, if Puka becomes the number one, that might be something to look at as well. So, um, but really it's, it's between those two. That's fair. Leave your options open. So he's, he's, a, he's one of two. And I think you can make a, I think part of that two is going to be where do you wind up drafting? Cause you know, factor in. Yep. Okay. Yep. Right. So Derek, same question. What? within your control feels like the biggest mistake of the 23 season. Um, This, this will actually um, summarize my whole season very well because um, Christian Watson had a strong finish to last season. So I thought that he was being underrated in the rankings. And so I overreached for him, which was uh, criticized by the, the three uh, podcast hosts here. Um, and then he got injured for the first several games. And then he came back and he sucked for a long time. Then I parted ways with him. Then I was more or less eliminated from playoff contention. I brought him back to my team, which is what we call in our field uh, victim bonding. Uh, <laughs> and then he has, uh, of course, a great game. Helps me win. Then the very last play of the game, which is basically the play that won it for the Packers, he goes down with a hamstring injury. That is my season. I overreached. I sucked for a while. And then at the end, I started to show a little bit of promise. I, th- I think that sums it up for me. I I think it's fair to say I did not love the Christian Watson pick. But I, what I know I said on the podcast, too, was like, Jalen Waddle, right before you, that was the tear break. And at that point, it was everybody planting yeah. their flag on who is their guy at wide receiver. So for me, I didn't do much better with Drake London. Um, other Calvin Ridley has had his hits or misses. Oh, there's only, oh, Debo, same thing. We just talked about that. Like there, so I think there was reason to believe in Christian Watson, second year bump too. So there was a lot going on. The the ironic thing, and I feel confident saying that because I spent a year and a half trying to debunk what Alanis Morissette taught me was ironic for you is that you were so adamant, like, you don't get good quarterbacks off the – this is what I have to learn from this league as a new member. You've got to get your quarterback early. You can't find it. Well, you you wrong. Like, you got C.J. Stroud. Like, had you gone with a – and this wasn't a mistake. I wouldn't have done it at the time, but had you held ASR – Drake, or you have you held ASR, and then you would have drafted somebody with the first pick overall and come back with, if you would have got C.J. Stroud later, or to go back to your, to go back to this infamous fourth round with C.J. Watson, the two right after you was back-to-back quarterbacks and Lamar Jackson and Trevor Lawrence. You couldn't have known that, but uh, the cards just felt really crappy for you. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think that's a good point because I think the other the other overreach was 
it was taking Herbert and with the, um, yeah, the logic that then, uh, it did not hold up because, uh, yeah, that was a good example. I think Stroud is, for me is, uh, a more likelihood of being my keeper, uh, than Herbert. And, uh, so I think, yeah, cause I, I mean, I, ha- I could have, I probably would have kept ASR. Um, I mean, I, you know, Adams was my keeper, but, you know, I, I probably would have drafted. I probably would have drafted Jefferson actually, so would have had some issues come up there. But, um, I mean, even take it like, you know, I actually probably would have taken golf, uh, probably later. Um, so, uh, and then I, you know, I, I did not want to take a running back. I was going with the no running backs approach, but, um, I guess that's the thing with Watson is, yeah, maybe there weren't receivers, a good crop of receivers available, but, but could I have, could I have had Kenneth Walker at that point or was he, you know, or, or someone similar yeah, to him. You could have had Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Which but we didn't know. Yeah. But I, I think I, so I, my, what I, my takeaway this year, I think I mentioned this to you before, Steve, but there's sometimes there's in preparation, there's like the law of diminishing returns yeah. that if you listen to too many podcasts and you spend too much time researching, you talk yourself into like everything that seems like a good idea. So at one point I was like, no, I do want a quality running back early. And then, I don't know, I listen to more podcasts and I, I ended up talking myself out of everything. So uh, I'm going to have a little bit of different approach to my off season here and uh, maybe listen to a little less podcasts. <laughs> I also wouldn't, I wouldn't be it's so critical of your Herbert number one pick. I mean, he's, he's quarterback number six right now. Yeah. That's fine. Right. Like, and then Stroud, like, you never know what's going to happen with the rookie quarterbacks. That's why I took a waiver on Richardson. It could have easily been Richardson this year. You, you never know. Um, you just hit that one and, but you can't plan your entire team around a rookie quarterback as your starter. Um, yeah. it's, if they do well, awesome. That, there's my boon. That's my backup. Now I've got trade bait if I want. Um, you should never, ever think that they're going to be your number one the whole season. Yeah. That's a good point. So I just we can pivot off, but I just again because I you both had like good decisions that went wrong. Like you waited on running back, but look what that that produced: Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, and J.K. Dobbins. Clearly, none of them hit. But at the time, what were we thinking? Like I remember, I was reading, I was watching, I was hearing like Damian Smith, like or sorry, Damian Pierce. He wasn't Marshawn Lynch 2.0. That's an exaggeration, but the same premise. Like he just knocked people over. He made people miss. He was an incredible combination. Like the sky was supposed to be the limit as long as he could stay healthy. Didn't pan out. Miles Sanders was going to go be the lead back in Carolina. There was no number two option because Chubba Hubbard had sucked for two years. Like that should have worked. J.K. Dobbins was supposed to be fantastic. How are you supposed to know he's going to tear, tear his, his Achilles? Like it just. Because he's done it three times in a row. (laughs) Okay. In the conjunction of all three wide receivers going bust, it seemed like somebody should have hit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I remember you saying. You were like, all you need is one of these three guys to hit. The problem was is that the lack of hitting didn't stop there. It was then the next running back I picked up, and then the one after that, the one after that. None of these guys were panning out until, like, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, I feel like Connor's been pretty decent for me. But, uh, yeah, that, that position was a disaster for me. And you know what? I think you're going to start hearing a theme, right? We're a league full of people who know their stuff. 
Yeah. It's not like we've got some pansies in the league that don't know football and are just taking a shot in the dark. Everybody knows what they're doing. So if you don't make the playoffs, this is typically how your season is going to go. It's you took the shots, you took the logical shots, and they didn't hit. Um, whereas some people who maybe took three shots and two of them hit, um, they're still alive uh, because of that. So, yeah. All right. Sorry, just real oh, quick. So yep, you're saying um, at this point, odds are Stroud over Herbert, unless I'm, that's kind of that's your kind of two person debate. Yeah, at this point. Um, yeah, I've just been really impressed. Like his numbers are obviously really good, but he just kind of passes the eye test for me. Uh, I've had a chance to watch him in a couple a couple games now, and uh, I feel like he's, you know, way uh, ahead of his years in terms of maturity and uh, things that the Carolina Panthers fans love seeing. But uh, uh, no, he <laughs> looks really good. Carolina Panthers, the new Detroit Lions. <laughs> All right, number seven. Um, so Tank Dell busted his leg. Ouch. Um, Steve was just about on board uh, with the small wide receiver philosophy, right? I mean, you look at some of these players out there, wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, that are so stinking tiny they look like they're going to snap in half on, on any play. Um, and that's what – Correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, held you back from buying into that, right? You were just figured yeah. they were one, one nasty hit away from in, injury, or being injured for the season. Um, so going to give a few stats and then just tell me your thoughts and, on where you land on this, right? So um, we don't have any really real stats to say, oh, this a wide small wide receiver is under this height and under this weight or something like that. It's just kind of an eye test thing. So... Out of the top 22 receivers, we picked out four of them. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is the sixth best receiver right now. Um, and then we've got uh, Tank Dell, who is the 17th, Devonta Smith at 19, and Jordan Addison at 22. Does that feel about right? I mean, are, are we are we thinking that uh, small receivers do have a place in this league and some of them should be higher, or does it feel like ASR is the outlier here? And yeah, that's about as good as small receivers can do. Derek. Yeah, I think there's something unique. <clears throat> excuse me about the sun god. Where I mean, wasn't his father like a professional weightlifter? Mister yes. Universe, like that. Yep. This year, yeah. So, so I think there's a. There's some genetics there, and there's also probably a lot of training where he is uh, like 99% muscle. So I think uh, you have to maybe be in the mold of, of the sun god, um, whereas in a league now that is just – it is more physical. Um, I mean, every year it feels like there's more injuries, but um, it does feel like you have to be kind of built to last, and the guys that are – like small but compact somehow. I I think you know they 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 can still be durable. But yeah, like an Addison is probably a good example. It just he looks he looks kind of frail. So uh, unless there's a way to uh, you know uh, change their their stature, which seems hard to be do if it's not natural. So yeah, I I think the other guys are probably probably reasonably ranked at this point. 
Yeah, I think it, that's the term. I think reasonably ranked. Maybe it's about capping the ceiling because it's so to break these down to individual ones, like Tank Dell, like the the thing this remind me of, and my point of just rage, and what I was going to talk to Alex about tonight was like I don't know if you saw the Tank Dell injury, but uh-huh. Derek, but it happened. It was a running play at the goal line. Why is your five foot seven wide receiver in the blocking package at the goal line? Like all of these, these are bad bad men. I'm not insulting them at all. Like they're five seven, they'd all probably beat the crap out of me. I, it's just more in comparison to their peers, but like. It's just stuff like that. Like these guys running downhill, like a defender would just like their body can't take what other players can take. I just, it just seems like the wear and tear on them is going to be more. Sorry. And and I think so maybe this is it. Maybe it's looking at them as maybe being, you're being more willing to have them be your number two and number three receivers. But I don't think minus the exception of the sun God, I'm going to be drafting any of these guys as a top 12 receiver. Anytime soon. All right, number eight. Priority pickups. Who you got, Steve? I want to ask you guys. I, th- I think all I've got for priority pickups, I think there are a couple of defenses that are going to be pretty spectacular. This week, I think in theory, the Giants playing the I'm sorry, the who's playing the Giants? Oh, the Packers playing the Giants. That's a Monday night game, so that makes me a little bit nervous. But I think that defense I'm really interested in. And then there's one other one that I would recommend. And I'm sorry, we'll pull it up. It's whoever is playing the – oh, the Texans, because they're playing the Jets, and I'm not interested in any of that. So those are the two guys I think I would prioritize. But I wanted to ask, like, the three of us, we are set at quarterback. We're not going to make any moves. But if you are in a different position, maybe if you have Trevor Lawrence – um, or you were kind of scuttling, like maybe your Bobby with a Jared Goff, who's more like nine, ten, eleven, which is fine, but not great. Are you? Where are you at with giving consideration to Jake Browning? Do you think he's closer to a little bit of the tire fire that was the Pittsburgh game, or the guy who really looked like he was making some nice throws last night against Jacksonville? Yeah. So here's my thought. I, I don't care what waiver order I'm in. I'm going to be nice to the rest of the league and never put any claim in for the rest of the weeks, right? Like I'm done. I'm out. Yes, I can go for $5. Yes, I can prevent my team from being named, but I really don't care about either of those two. Um, so I'm not going to put in a claim. Um, if I was still in the hunt or in the playoffs, I would be taking this time to, to burn some claims on just finally – rounding out your roster, putting the cherry on top, just making sure you're covered everywhere just in case. I think you you take a waiver on him, especially these teams that don't have a backup quarterback. Um, I think if you're Cam, you maybe look at him instead of a Baker Mayfield. Um, because, yeah, he had one really bad game and he had one pretty good game. That means he shows that he can be pretty good. And it was the last game, so maybe there's improvement. It doesn't hurt to take a, a flyer out on him. There's nobody else good out there um, as a possible backup. So why not take the shot? I also really like that it was a Monday night football game. Like, I mean, I think what he now has as many Monday night football wins as Kirk Cousins. I mean, it was pretty impressive how he looked out there. Sorry, I just want to get that little dig in. 
<laughs> so um, if I can jump in, because I'm I'm not able to answer this question fairly because I have bias. I I hate Jake Browning. I think he sucks, and I hope his career fizzles out. I don't want him to get hurt because that's really bad to ever want anybody to get hurt. But um, but I have uh, a strong dislike toward him. Um, when, if you know, he, if you guys can guess why that is, I'd I was going to say when did he beat Oregon? <laughs> no, he went to. Uh, he, hold on, hold on. I want to walk from here, uh, Lucas. I think he went to Boise State. When would Boise State have had an, a thing with Oregon? I don't watch college football, but I know they're not both in the Pac-12, right? We're gonna see this through. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. Am I, am I Boise State something, or is that already off the rails? I don't know if he transferred at some point, but I tell you, he did not end his career at uh, oh. Boise State. Not in his career. Oh, then I don't. Okay. What I remember, he he had the most touchdowns they showed last night, or had a ton of touchdowns in high school. I feel like if Cam was on, he would nail this. Well, who would he have quarterback? Well, who's wreaked havoc on the duck season? Yeah. You're getting hot. I don't think he would have gone to USC. I don't think Oregon State is normally a you, thing. You got five seconds, Steve. All right. Uh, Washington is all at Stanford. Washington State. Washington State. No. Washington State. Final answer. He was a, he's a Husky. Damn it. Uh, part of the... The worst lot of humanity, uh, Washington Husky, the team that beat us twice this year and destroyed our hopes of getting into the Final Four. So uh, I hate the Huskies. Two yeah. of my best friends are Huskies, but I still hate them. Yep. I get that. Well, I hope you get an ingrown toe now, Jake Browning. <laughs> Thank you. my friends. Okay. All right, but uh, sweet goodbyes aside. Um when you're throwing the ball to Jamar Chase and uh, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, like it makes life a lot easier. It feels like it's a it feels like it's in the Brock Purdy vein. So yeah, I, I think it's worth a chance, and I think he's closer to Monday night than he is Thursday. But I know you want to move us along here, so I'll leave it there. Yeah, my last little thought on the waiver wire is I still think people need to take a long look at Jaden Reed. Uh, he is turning into a Debo Samuel type player in Green Bay, where he gets like four or five rushes per game on top of the targets. So um, you take what you can get in this league. And if you got a, if you got a dual threat there, um, it might be worth taking a look at. I certainly was going to pick him up this week because um, I have two defenders. Um, and if there are no claims in on him, I might grab him for free. So that's your word of warning for everybody. Mm-hmm. All right. Number nine. Um take a look at how the playoffs are shaping up. So we are into our final week um, and we have five of the six positions that are confirmed and in. Uh, Alex, Cam, and Steve are all eight and five. So they are actually fighting for a first round bye this week. Um, and then Bobby, who has already clinched the other first round by and junior are the other two from the other division that are in, um, with Derek, myself and Carly out that leaves Kelly and Matt fighting for the last playoff spot. Um, so help me again, Steve, Matt is playing 
Junior. Junior. Junior is now Jason. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. That's why I, I'm getting it messed up. Anyway, uh, so Matt is playing Jason, and Kelly is playing me. Uh, now, if they both they both currently have the same record, uh, if they both end up winning or both end up losing, uh, it goes to the tiebreaker, um, which is their head-to-head matchup in which Kelly won earlier in the season. No, that was not one of the number one, number two matchups. That would have been great. That would have been an awesome storyline. Um, but I thought there was going to be a little bit of a wrench because Derek could end up with the same record as those two. And if that happens, the head-to-head matchup is not the tiebreaker. The tiebreaker becomes total points scored during the season. But unfortunately, uh, there's quite a big spread between the, those three teams and Derek realistically does not have a chance uh, to score enough points this week to make that um, actually uh, a thing. Uh, same way with Kelly and Matt, right? So it'd be top points scored right now. Kelly, um, I believe has 120 or 130 points more than Matt. Um, so really Matt's only chance to make the playoffs is to win and for me to beat my wife. Uh, in fantasy football, not physically. Uh, so there we are. It's a little bit exciting. It's nice that some things are coming down to the wire and people are still fighting for stuff. So, I mean, we'll get in later to who you got, but what are your thoughts? Um, the one thing that, sorry, there are two things that are interesting to me. There is, there is a path where Kelly, only Kelly can do this bypass Junior to get to the five spot and then Junior would fall to the six. So yes, Kelly would be the last one to clinch, but Junior would be the last one in. Uh, and that would be interesting because that would shake things up a little bit. Obviously, um, the bigger one, the other big one is one I'm part of is we have the three-way tie for the division title slash first round by slash two seed. Uh, the short version of that is because I've had, I've analyzed this is Alex is the team that wins and it's his automatically. If Cam wins, Cam can't win the division. Sorry, let's try this all over again. Cam would lose the tiebreaker to Alex, so Cam needs me to win and to not outscore him by 12, and then my path is the same as Cam's. I have to win and outscore Cam by 12. So that is kind of what's going to bring us into the that division title. And then, yeah, anyway. So those are the two things to be watching this weekend. So it'll be exciting for some of us. Yeah, yeah actually, the, <laughs> I was going to say that the only kind of nice thing about uh, being eliminated is that I feel a little relief now that I can actually take a step back and kind of enjoy the rest of the race because I actually do think this is uh, this is pretty exciting. I, I, I think the like the top the top four teams. Um, I feel like it's you know everybody's got a shot, and I'm I'm curious to see yes who will win. The NFC, it's interesting to know that Alex controls his own destiny. Uh, so I guess I sort of accepted my fate maybe a long, a, a few weeks ago. I just didn't think that it was that realistic. I would, would be able to get, get in the playoffs. So, um, so yeah, I'm very curious to see how this plays out. Yep. Um, I, I'm doing very well in my other two leagues that I'm in this season. And, uh, one of them, the one that three of us are in as well. Um, I've got a buy next week so I can just sit back and enjoy the show. Uh, this one I've got 
nothing really to play for, but in the spirit of fairness, I am fielding my best lineup uh, this week because uh, I, you know, that's only fair for the rest of the league. So I'll be focusing on my dynasty team this week. So there's a there's a plug for it being in multiple leagues. You're not you know done with football season before football season is done. Amen to that. All right, number ten. Uh, what, Stephen? What is the most overused cliche in sports? The one that just annoys the sin out of me, and there are different versions of it, but it's when the, a quarterbacks. Particularly, this happens with the quarterbacks who aren't so good. The announcers will say, he's made a couple of passes. He's getting in a rhythm. When he gets a rhythm, he's as dangerous as anyone. Like, <laughs> it's so frustrating because what quarterback in the league, guy, seriously, is like, oh, crap. Hurts has hit four in a row. This is when he falls apart. Like, oh, geez, Patrick Mahomes has had a nice first half. He's going to crater now. Like, everybody's better when they get in a rhythm. Like, it's, it's just lazy commentating. Just, I, I hate it so much. Derek? Um, <laughs> I like that. This one's not uh, too far different. Um, well, I'm going to say my first reaction is what, whatever comes out of Mike Tirico's mouth because uh, <laughs> he, is a, he is one of the greats, one of the masters of the cliches. I don't know if you guys saw when he was trying to do a parallel with Jordan Love and the 20-year anniversary of the movie rom-com Love Actually. And then he... <laughs> Uh, love made a big play and then he did the uh, it's it's a uh, it's not love actually it's love absolutely and uh it was just something that i would definitely expect from mike Tirico. Uh <laughs> but the one i hear a lot where it's just the most obvious statement best i could come up with but the uh boy i'd like to have that one back so bad throw or bad coaching decision uh, you know, whatever. And uh, I'll, I'll let Lucas go too. I, I do have a little, if I can add a little, I've got a little backstory here about like my, a former announcer, blazer announcer who was the all time king of cliches, but I'll, I'll save that if we have time for it, but uh, I'll t- turn it over to you, Lucas. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, here it is. You mentioned Mike Tirico, and I saw an article uh, recently because he made some sort of really groan-inducing comment that people over Twitter were just roasting him for. Like, really? That was so stupid, you know. So to to help further your point on anything he says, his quote was, because, uh, again, of course, they're talking about Taylor Swift. It was it was a Chiefs game. She's up there uh, in Lambeau in the suite. Um and, uh, you know, Chris Collinsworth makes a comment, oh, we're lucky. We've had her twice now, right? So, you know, meaning like Monday night games. Um, and let's, and Tariko says, and let's point out, she's been to five Chiefs games, three at home, and the only two road games Sunday night. Oh, sorry, this is a Sunday night game, not the Monday night. So she's on tour with us, is what he says. Like, I don't know. It's just, Another one really bad. Um, so I wanted to ask ChatGPT. I'm going to channel my inner Alex here, and I'm going to ask ChatGPT what the most overused cliche in football is. <laughs> um, and ChatGPT tells us it's probably it's a game of two halves. Good. That's a that's a pretty good one. Uh, yeah. And then it proceeds to describe to us what that actually means when people say that because we're dumb and we don't understand that a match has two halves. 
I'll check real quick. Um, To the surprise of what will be nobody, I have never used chat GPT in my life. Lucas, did you ask that and get a response within milliseconds? Yes. (laughs) Here we go. Welcome to the world of AI. You can just ask it questions. You can talk. Oh, my God. Chat GPT. This is my recommendation for the week, Stephen. Go to chat.openai.com. Nope. Log in with your Google account and start asking it questions. So you can follow up. It learns, too. You can continue asking questions about what it responded to, and it will respond to that as well. So I just ask it, well, what's another cliche? What's another one? Well, another one is it's a must-win game. <laughs> um, so um, I'll ask it, what is your favorite sport? As a machine learning model developed by OpenAI, I don't have personal preferences. So, you know, you, you can't you can't really, like, are you alive and all that stuff. You can have fun with it. But it's honestly a pretty good learning tool if you know that it's not 100% accurate and you should fact check the answers legitimately. So, Will you, will you ask it some version, Lucas, of if yes. it is going to lead to the AI takeover of the world? Um, <laughs> Will you be leading the AI robot revolution? It says, no, (laughs) I will not be leading any kind of revolution. I am a tool created by OpenAI to assist and provide information within the scope of my programming. And it keeps going. Um, It's very well prepared for that answer. So (laughs) the other thing is, let's, let's pull this up. As I was determining whether I should make a trade with you in Dynasty for Desmond Ritter, let's let's bring this full circle. It saves chats, so I'll pull this one up. I was like, do I trade a 2026 second round mid pick for Desmond Ritter in a Dynasty fantasy football league? And it basically it didn't give me very good advice. Basically says here's things that you should consider when making trades. And it gives you like eight different things, his potential roster, your roster depth, your league settings, et cetera. So it's giving valid advice. It's not telling you what to do. It's saying, well, there's a lot of different factors that go into this. But, um, yeah, it's, it's very cool. You can basically give it a prompt and say, make this sound more professional or make this sound like it's coming from a second grader. And it will, will redo that, that statement into that voice. There's a lot it can do. Cool and scary. The AI revolution is upon us. Um, <laughs> yes, we, we may have, have fun with AI in, in future podcasts, and I can really blow your mind. You wait, may. <laughs> wait until you get into image generation. That's the best. All righty. Well, let's get to it, shall we? <laughs> and now for one of life's great mysteries. It's the power, Jenkins. All right, last week, guys. Sorry, now I'm envisioning asking chat GPT or whatever it's called, like, to to project. But anyway, uh, 10, Carly, (laughs) 9, 9, Derek, 8, Senior, 7, Matt, 6, Alex, 5, Kelly, 4, Cam, Three, Steve, two, Junior, one, Bobber. All right. That being said, let's get to the show. Who's 10? Carly. Carly. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about Carly when it actually gets to postseason stuff, but for right now, we'll just say that, uh, 
Uh, was 10 stays, 10-10 on ESPN, and we are well aware that she's got a track record, that she's not just a normal 10th place team. Ninth. Yeah, let's go faster, 8-9-10, eight, eight, as, as they are out of the playoffs. And, no, I'm going to say it's Derek. Derek, who did you go with? Me. Uh, senior. Okay. Was 9, stays 9. I believe you are 8 on ESPN, Derek. Right, I got a win. I thought I'd move up one. Oh, no. I scored more points than you, though. And yeah. the Jenkins don't make any sense. That's the key here. <laughs> uh, uh, eight. Uh, let's see. That was uh, a senior. Number seven beat number eight. Matt beat me. Uh, so that means Matt falls a spot to. No, it's me. <laughs> Was eight, stays eight, nine on ESPN, a senior. Same thing. We talked about your team. Now we'll start moving into the seven teams that uh, are vying for something this last week. Seven. Uh, so it's between Matt and Alex at six. They both won. Matt outscored him. But Matt is two games behind Alex, who could win the division. So it's got to stay Matt. Was seven, stays seven, seven on ESPN, Matt. All right, so we're going to just keep banging banging the same drum for Matt that we do every week. So on the bright side, Cooper Cup caught a touchdown, but still not a magnificent stat line, six catches for 39 yards. Um, the thing that's been catching my eyes, guys, that I hadn't really caught until this week is in the last five games, yard per catch for Cooper Cup, 5.3 uh, Green Bay 24 on a 2 for 48 stat line. After that, 11, 6, 6.5. So regard, we're, we're not going to get into your opinion on Cooper Cup necessarily long form here, but we are now into uh, this is literally live or die week for Matt. So his options are Cooper Cup, or would you bench him for DJ Moore or George Kittle, who are projected to get more points than Cooper Cup. I understand projections are whatever, but – it also doesn't seem like an unreasonable argument to suggest that both players could outscore him. Are you, if it is you, who gets the third spot in an absolutely must, must, must win game and also needing to score some points? Gosh, uh, I would usually say cup in this scenario. Um, and I try not to, you know, overanalyze the matchups, but on the road at, at Baltimore and then Kittle, against the Seahawks, whose defense has just been so atrocious. I will make an exception here. I think I would I think I think would go with Kittle over Cup. I'm sorry, what are we talking about? Derek is playing the role of Alex tonight. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was actually asking Chad GPT for rankings, uh, and I gave it the stats of our league, and it actually ranked the team, so we can review that afterwards. Oh, God. This is not easy <laughs> for me. Um, while Lucas thinks about our impending doom, or maybe that's what I'm thinking about, I would go DJ Moore because he's playing the Lions, and the Lions secondary is a glass cannon. Yeah, I would not start Cooper Cup uh, this week. They're going against the Baltimore defense, and he has not been playing well. That's just that's just a dumpster fire. Um, if he does do very well, look – Congratulations, I guess, but I, I would really hesitate starting him. Kittle, I have him in Dynasty, and he's kind of been up and down, hit or miss, so 
he could I mean he got eight points last week, right? Um so if he feels he needs to hit a home run, I would go DJ Moore as well. All right. Good luck, Matthew. All right. Sorry, we've been going too fast. Number six. That'll be Alex. Maybe hang on. I'm not not my final answer. I'll say Kelly. Um. No, I'll say Alex. Was six stays six second on ESPN, Alex. How dare you? <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry. Uh, same thing. He's not must win for playoffs, but trying to get the division title. Who would you play at the season on the line? Uh, Sam Laporta or Tyler Lockett? Stats are fairly even throughout the year, and they both have uh, pretty decent matchups. So I also have Sam Laporta in Dynasty, and if there's anybody more up and down than George Kittle, it's been Sam Laporta. Um, but they're playing the 28th ranked defense and Lockett is up against San Francisco. Uh, so you play Laporta. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with the matchups and I have Lockett in the league and he's, he's been okay, but it seems like the, the rookie, um, Smith and Jigba has really stepped up too. So. Uh, every time I see Laporta, he's getting touchdowns, so I, I like Laporta too. I think it's snug, but you're, I'm with your argument there at the end. I think that the pie is getting a little smaller for everybody now that JSN is kind of finding a groove. All right, five. Wait. Oh, no. Number five. I don't have a job if I don't have this. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but go ahead. <laughs> Oh, does Kelly continue her rank upwards and overtake Cam? Um, sure, why not? Let's go Cam at five. I'll stay with Kelly. You're both wrong. Is it, is it Steve? Did you lose, Steve? You did. Oh, I'll go with Steve. We had, yeah. Was three, falls to five, five on ESPN. Guys, uh, do I have a Patrick Mahomes problem? And yet, no, I'm not stupid enough to suggest I'm not playing him, but uh, it has not been awesome. Like, that was a game I should have won last week, but uh, Patrick Mahomes did not play well. His last five games, 18, 28, 31, 36, 25. I can't not play him, but uh, are we starting to realize that a Patrick Mahomes without a Tyree kill is not the dominant force we thought he might be? Yes to all that. Like, you're right. You can't not play him. He's up against Buffalo this week, so it doesn't really bode well. Um, Ouch. I, I don't have anything else to add. I think you're right. I'm I'm going to try to speak hopefully here for you because I think he he is due to reverse course soon. 
Um, he is he is in that category of just too good to have any sustained bad run of games, which I guess he has, but it has to, I think, shift course at some point. And Mahomes, to me, matchups, he's capable of having a big game against any team. Um, I know the receiver core, It's this has probably been more of an issue with the receiving core, uh, but it's still Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to be optimistic that um, he's going to start coming through for you soon. The options are limited. I'd really like to not play next week because Patrick Mahomes goes to New England, and that that feels scary under the best of circumstances. But, yes. All right. Anyway, enough of my team. Four. Number right. four. Uh, well, I – oh, gosh, did Kelly go up two spots? Um, <laughs> she might have. I'll say Cam at four. I'll say Kelly. Was five, moves up to four, Kelly. I would just like to point out, preseason, Kelly was 10. And she has never dropped in the Jenkins all season. She's only climbed. Yeah, credit where credit's due. I think we were, it took us, I don't think it was a spectacular start to the year, but I think we kind of recognized that uh, she could do more. Uh, to give you credit, I think you were the only one who recognized that. <laughs> I, I, I think it's uh Dak, I've said that the fatal flaw on this team is going to be Dak Prescott, but it hasn't been anytime soon. Yet another spectacular week with uh, 45 points and one was one yard away from making it 47 with the 300-yard bonus. So does, after a nice matchup with Philadelphia this week, does go to Buffalo and Miami. So those don't feel like the most plush matchups or an invitation for a shootout. We shall see, but uh, I think she's sitting pretty. To uh... – Reverse course on what we were talking about earlier about Derek and I's picks being good but not hitting. Uh, her picks that may have been questionable all hit. Yeah. Uh, Derek Henry is the fourth quarter, fourth running back. Um, Travis Etienne is the third ranked running back and Prescott is the third ranked quarterback. That's, that's why she's up here now. She got those guys later. Uh, I'm not Derek Henry, but, and, and they hit, and they hit big. Number three. Sorry, it didn't look like you had anything left to say. So, uh, Cam. Yeah, Cam. Uh, sorry, yeah, you got it right. I was just trying to be a little extra quiet since I pooched the timing before. Uh, was four, now three. Three on ESPN. Cam. So Cam made the call. Needing to win to have a chance at the division playing Carly, he was he at least through the one o'clock games hadn't replaced all three of his IDPs. Was that gutsy smart or gutsy questionable? With the caveat that it did work out. Uh, I don't think it was gutsy at all. If he likes all three of his guys, he was playing the tenth ranked team in the league. Uh, he could easily swap them out if needed to get the win. 
it's not like if he lost, he was out of the playoffs. I think he made a technical decision, and it just panned out. Wasn't there a similar situation with that he had with uh, was it Matt Judon last year, where he uh, he took some heat for keeping keeping him on his roster when he needed uh, the position, or it yep. does sound vaguely familiar. About? Yes. And now we know they're more valuable than they were even last year. So it's a good point. Like, you know, sideways and like Kiyu had been trailing at the one of five games. He could have pivoted out and made some additions for the four of five games. So he bought himself some time. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Either way, it worked yeah. out. He's, uh, he has yeah. set up his uh, path of winning and potentially having the championship or the first round by. Number two, Junior. Dang it! Yep. I was gonna, I was gonna find a soundbite for that this week. I need, I need Sean Connery saying that. We're both going Junior, Steve. Was two stays two five on ESPN. The America's fraudulent team, Junior. I have nothing good to say. Who's number one? <laughs> number one. Best transition ever. <laughs> Bobby. I, I don't think Bobby's going to get kicked off the throne anytime soon. <laughs> Was one, stays one, one on ESPN, and it's not particularly close. That's the catchphrase. Bobbert. All right, real easy. Going into the playoffs, you have to put 20 bucks down. Bobby or the field for the championship? I want to say Bobby. I just want to make sure it's smart. Let's see. Uh, guy, oh, my God, that bench, too. Jared, his starters, Jared Goff, Jameer Gibbs, Tyreek Hill, Brandon Ayuk, Nico Collins, Chris Olave. And he has Saquon Barkley, James Cook, and Aaron Jones on the bench. It, I'm taking Bobby. So my history of fantasy football tells me that um, there are so many situations where the top team ends up getting upset in the playoffs. They dominate all season. The upset happens. It's like all the, the number one seeds in college basketball tournament always get knocked out. So I'm just going to – I would take the field because uh, I've seen that happen too many times. I think I'm with you there. I'm not arguing that Bobby is the best team, Lucas. Your point is valid, but I think if we just go to the last five years of the league, I think I reference this every few weeks. Um, the last time the best team, I think, went wire to wire and won was your wife's second of her back-to-back years in 2019. And then in 2020, Carly was the dominant team, but I won from the five spot. The following year, I was the dominant team, and Alex won from the three spot uh, last year. I think Carly was the dominant team again. Derek, I think you were living around three or four most of the year before your run. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing. And especially, Lucas, what you've talked about, five times the second-best team has beat the the best team. So I think, you know, that happens. I mean, Bobby's great, but he hasn't been the highest score 13 times. No, but he's outscored the rest of the league. He is outscored second place by 50 points. He is two games in front of everybody else. And all the players on his roster are hot right now. 
Which means yeah. he's prime for a fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't think there's any bad logic in here, but if I just, if it's my 20 bucks and I got to put it on something, that's the way I go. All right. All right, let's see how ChatGPT did, shall we? Oh, God. Uh, so to rank the teams, we can use different criteria, such as win-loss records, total points scored, total points allowed, and current win streak. Based on the information you provided, here is the right way to rank the teams. Okay. It, it didn't say right. I threw that in. Number one is Bobby. It agrees with you. Number two is Kelly. Uh, number three is Cam. Number four is Alex. Number five is Steve. Number six is Carly. Okay. This is a little weird. Wait a minute. But Junior's fraudulent team is seventh. <laughs> that's, that's good. Point. <laughs> uh, it has me at eight, Derek at nine, and Matt at ten. No. No. I cannot get any matchup where you would view Matt as the tenth best team. But what's more impressive is I told it I'm giving you a table. Read the following table and rank these teams one through ten is all I told it. And I copied and pasted um in our standings page, that, that second half of the standings page, and it wasn't even formatted well. Look at this. Did the teams, it did all these numbers, like how do you even know? But it picked it out. It knows exactly the records and the points, and then it did the analysis of the table and it made its own rankings. Just, that's all you had to say. Tell me you're impressed, Steve. Tell me you're impressed. Um, I had a coworker. Oh, will you ask it who I, who should we start? Um, Sam LaPorta or, Ty, or uh, Tyler Lockett? And while you're doing that, like, I had a coworker, Derek, uh, Tim. You know, Tim, we love Tim. Um, he was telling the story about his dad, and so, uh, for context, I would say Tim is 15, 20 years older than us. And he gave his dad at the time what was a big piece of technology when they had these picture frames, like you put the USB port in there or whatever, and like the picture frame would always alternate. And like his dad became emotional and said he couldn't take it, but he was concerned about having that level of technology in his house. I feel like I've now hit that point. <laughs> I am officially scared of chat GPT. I will scare you even further. I was at a tech tech conference recently, and then not only was the theme uh, the theme was artificial intelligence. It was at a Microsoft conference, and it's their AI they're running out out is is called Copilot. But now take this as you will. This is from a technology company who's really trying to push AI and the AI revolution because they've got a product coming out. But they likened this this change in human culture, this shift in culture to the advent of electricity. AI is to computers and information and our way of living as electricity was when it was first invented back from candles and fire to electricity. So we can do a review, you know, 10 years, 15 years from now. Um, but I, I thought I'd scare you a little bit more. And no, uh, ChatGPT does not do comparisons like that. It tells you what to consider, like my Desmond Ritter trade. Um, so it will not tell you who to start. 
All right. Well, I can't talk. This is just weird me out because the guy who actually, like the, the original guy I was listening to a big thing of his, he regrets that he created the technology. So that always makes me feel good when the guy who made Frankenstein is like, oh, well, maybe we should have walked that one back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to to make me less, more likely to actually sleep for five minutes tonight, let's move on to uh, this week. All right. The Jacob of the week is Bobby versus Cam. Derek, who do you have? One Bobby versus uh, uh, Bobby. Lucas. Oh, I'll have to go Bobby because I'm taking him over the field. I'm going to take Cam. All right. Next, two, Junior versus seven, Matthew. Lucas, who do you have? Matthew. Yeah, Matt. Two for two is the contrarian. I'm going with Junior. All right. Four, Kelly versus eight, Senior. I am going to take Kelly. Derek. Uh, The missus wins, Kelly. Lucas. I like sleeping in my nice, comfortable bed, and if I beat her and Matt wins, I may not be doing that for a few <laughs> weeks, so I'm going Kelly. And a rematch of last week's game, 5, Steve versus 6, Alex. Derek? I'll say you get your revenge, Steve. Lucas? Steve. Stupid Alex's team. I'm going with Alex. All right. Nine, Carly versus... I'm sorry, nine, Derek versus ten, Carly. Who do you have, Lucas? Uh, Derek. I also am going with... I end on a winning note. Derek, yeah. Oh, Kelly. Kelly Lucas, that's the only other game we all agreed on. All right. Any recommendations for the week? ChatGPT. Go check it out. Oh. And not watching The Golden Bachelor, stupid Gary. <laughs> uh, re- reruns of The Golden Girls. But I need a new show because I just finished Louder Milk. What do you think of the ending? Does it, uh, the cliffhanger was a little lame? <laughs> it seems like we're ready for a fourth season. It's going to hey, come, right? Yeah, I know they didn't think that'd be the last run, but yeah, so that was disappointing. But until next time, as always, be safe. And uh, Derek, it is your role now to say goodnight to Gracie. Gracie's still alive? <laughs>